Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Hi everyone, this is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez and I will be hosting this week's show. I am just so jazzed to bring our guest today. I have today um, with us Sergeant L. Goodchild, Jr., Executive Director and Founder of Active Healing Incorporation. Sergeant will be speaking at the upcoming Autism One Conference happening next week uh, in Chicago. And just so you guys know, Active Healing is a 501c3 charitable organization that is dedicated to helping individuals recover from autism, learning disabilities, social and emotional disabilities. So welcome, Sergeant. I'm so glad to have you back. Oh, it's fantastic to be on, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me on your program again. And I can't believe Autism One is right around the corner. I know. It's going to be terrific, isn't it? I can't wait to see all my old friends at Autism One. And I can't wait to hear you speak real quickly before we jump into things, just for people, because I know people are listening, are probably a lot of people are going to be at Autism One. Um, when are you speaking? Because I just, I'm going to be in the front row. I can't wait. I'm speaking bright and early at 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Very so cool. if you're listening to the program now, you have to plan your, your social appointments appropriately so that you'll be able to make it at 8 a.m. Well, and it's great because we can just bring breakfast in with us, right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> you will be a great breakfast um, person to view with. So I can't wait to hear you speak. And then also, for the listeners to know, you're going to be back with us on May 31st for a recap of everything that happened at Autism One, right? And I'm looking forward to that as well. So I just can't wait. So, well, one thing, um, you know, I had the pl- privilege of taking my son out to visit you. And I, you know, I know the great work you do, but I'm just so excited for the listeners to hear you know, some of the things you've been currently working on and what you are, like, really passionate about right now. And, you know, you know what exactly, what is active healing? Just really recap for some people that might not know before we jump into what you're currently working on. Uh, active healing is an organization that was born out of my own experience as an extremely brain-injured, mentally retarded child with um, severe epilepsy. Which, by the way... Like, because I've met you and I know you, it blows me away that that's your past. Well, you know, I think it, um, it, it's, it's not a testimony to anything special about me, and it's not a testimony to anything particularly special about my parents. It's a testimony to the recovery potential that exists within all of us. 
and our job as parents and as caregivers is to just uh, remove as many of the barriers that are preventing that recovery as we can. Well, and I think that what you're doing in Active Healing really gives us that tools and it gives us the tools and techniques to understand how to remove those barriers because a lot of us, you know, we, we have our kids, you know, we, you read all the pregnancy books, but there's nothing in it for when you have the special, you know, learning disabilities or social and emotional disabilities. And, of course, there's really nothing in it for autism. So, you know, what are some of the things that you're working on right now? Well, I'm working on the same thing that I've been basically working on for 16 years now. Wow. Which I know it's hard to believe that I've been doing this for that long. Did you start when you were like 10? (laughs) I started when I was uh, 24 or 25 years old. Wow. um, So I've been doing this for pretty much my entire adult life. Wow. And, um, well, uh, what's, what's amazing about it and what really strikes me is that y- you you have to get essentially three pieces or four pieces into place. And when you get those four pieces into place, the recovery that these kids are capable of making is nothing short of astounding. And for me, the pieces are making sure that we have the dietary um, the dietary protocol that is best going to suit the child in place. Um, That oftentimes means digestive enzymes, I think, are a huge part of it. Probiotics, let's eliminate all of the toxins and all of the other things that are coming into the child's body that they're either have a sensitivity to or an allergy. And let's get as many good things into them as we can so that we can support their health chemically without using pharmaceutical products. Um, and I think there's a huge structural component. I think getting kids in to see a good chiropractor or a cranial sacral therapist or, um, or doing another technique that is addressing the child's physical structure is incredibly important. Well, and I can tell you that we've been doing, we have, have a chiropractor working with my son on top of, you know, doing your stuff as well, and you know, I cannot believe the the difference I've seen. You know, just how, just even instantly how he feels. You can just you can tell how they, the children feel after they get work done. It it is really remarkable. I think you know, a, removing nerve interference, nerve interference through a chiropractor who has a subluxation based practice, is one of the greatest things that you can do. And you know, I'm in the I'm in the slightly um, difficult position of, you know, when you go out, when you go out into the street and you take a, you know, you're maybe going to the grocery store to pick up groceries or you're headed to the bookstore, wherever you might be headed, there's a good chance that you're going to pass two or three chiropractors on whatever trip that you're (laughs) taking. And likewise, if you have concerns about your child's health, someone's probably going to point you in the direction of a nutritionist or a dietitian or someone to help begin to figure out those nuances as they uh, apply to your child. There is very little awareness or knowledge of the field of neurological reorganization. And that's in part because you're not going to pass someone who does neurological reorganization on the way to the supermarket. 
unless you happen to live in Magnolia, you know, Massachusetts, or <laughs> one of the few other places that house the maybe 18 of us that do this work around the country. Wow. Um, and I'm, that's pretty liberal counting. Um, well, how lucky for those people that live by you guys. <laughs> and, and listeners to programs like A Conversation of Hope, um, which is why I'm so grateful in your help in spreading the message about neurological reorganization and, and how it can impact the lives of all of these families who are raising kids with autism. And what's so nice, though, for the listeners to know, too, if they don't live, you know, down the street, because if, if anybody knows my history, they know I live in California. I did choose to get on an airplane and, you know, take my son to you, and it was one of the best things I think I've, I've done um, with him. But if they don't have that luxury to do that or they, you know, can't do that for whatever reason, you do do Skype, right? I have a couple of different ways that I've been trying to reach out to the community of kids that I work with. Um, I, if, if they live locally, I do half-hour screenings in my office. Um, and those and which, I by do. the way, his office, if you guys happen to be lucky enough to be over there, is phenomenal. Your kids, it's like, it's better than, like, anything that your child had ever seen. I know, like, I, I love being in your office. I've never seen so many cool toys in my life. Well, you know, I want, I, I feel that in order to get a good evaluation, I want the parents right close to the child throughout the entire process. I never want to separate the child from his parents. And I want the child to feel at ease. So when a child comes into my office, I will often, uh, you know, if they're young enough, I'll scoop them up in my arms and I will take them with their parents for a little trip around the office just to familiarize them with their surroundings. Because I think jumping right into an analysis um, without kind of introducing the child to the space and familiarizing him with, you know, even simple things like where the bathroom is, mm -hmm. I think puts the child in sort of a, a threatening is too strong a word to use, but an uncomfortable situation where you're not going to get the best performance that you can out of the child. So my space is very accommodating to kids. Um, and I, most kids walk in sort of hesitant because they're not quite sure what to expect or what the process is going to look like. More often than not, the parents have to drag their kids out of, their off, out of the office because they really do enjoy themselves, especially during the analysis. Um, but, yeah, so um, free screenings. I do free screenings. Um, and they're half hour long. Um, some people choose to exp uh, extend them, um, but half hour long free screenings um, at the family's convenience for the most part. I can do the same thing via Skype, um, and those have worked out very well for many of the families that I've done them with. And on Active Healing has a Facebook page, um, and what I've started doing on Active Healing's Facebook page is doing virtual screenings. So people can get a flip camera or video camera, and they can take a 30-second clip of their child crawling on their stomach and creeping on hands and knees and put it up on my website, and I will um, make some comments about what I feel is going on for their child in the comment field underneath the video that they've posted. Or if they prefer, I can do it privately in just a um, Facebook message. But... I'm really 
trying to get the message out as as much as I can about this work and its applications across a wide spectrum of disabilities. It's so cool that we now have the Internet and, you know, all of these social media capabilities that we didn't have before. So now, for example, if somebody was in the U.K. that might be listening who wants to be able to contact you, they, they don't have to fly across the country. You can help them via, you know, the Internet, Skype or Facebook or, or whatnot, correct? I can. Oh, I just think that is just so amazing. And, you know, um, especially for the listeners that are listening right now, most of us are on Facebook. I don't know in this world um, many people that are not on Facebook. I mean, it seems like everybody I know is on Facebook. And I know you have, um, why don't you mention the couple sites that you have on Facebook and Twitter, because I think that's important if people want to either follow you or they want to know. I know you always are posting some great links and topics and, you know, all the different things that you are, you know, talking and learning about. Right. Uh, So my Twitter is Sarge Goodchild. and that's, you know, my Twitter address, I guess. I'm not quite sure if that's how you say your Twitter address. It's Sarge <laughs> I think that's how or... you tweeted. <laughs> um, so there, that's, my, that's my Twitter account. And then I've got Sarge Goodchild as a personal Facebook page. Um, I use that primarily for business. Um, okay. And then Active Healing has a Facebook page. Um, and if you search, I think you can just put active healing into the search engine on Facebook site. And when you get to the active healing that has the logo, which involves um, a circle of alternating girls and boys. Um, the next they can just ask page. to be a friend there. And when we get back, we'll pick up right where we left off, and we'll be back in a moment. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time 
here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and I am hosting this week's show. So excited that we are talking to Sergeant L. Goodchild, Jr., who, as I said before, is the executive director and founder of Active Healing Incorporation. We've been talking about uh, the technique that he uses there, and uh, when we, were, we left uh, for commercial, we were talking about where you could find him and um, how to locate him. But right now, um, during commercial break, Sarge and I were talking about, you know, what exactly does this protocol look like? And, you know, if you're sitting at home, you're still thinking, what exactly is active healing? So what exactly, to sum it up to somebody, what, what does that look like, Sarge? Well, so um, active healing is predicated on the idea that in, there's a natural law that says that function is always going to lead to a structure, and structure is always going to lead to function. So if we look at it from the perspective of someone who goes to the gym versus someone who sits on the couch all day and watches sports on TV while drinking beer and eating potato chips, we have two totally different functions. We have the healthy person who's getting out and exercising. And the function of doing that um, routinely is going to lead to a physical structure that is very different, a bodily structure that is entirely different from the person whose primary function is lying on the couch and eating potato chips. Um, so that's a you know, very simple analogy, and yet it holds true in much more complex cases. So when a child is um, when a child is going through these very specific developmental milestones, such as learning how to roll, or turning over on their stomach, and making their first movements across the floor on their belly, eventually getting up on hands and knees and learning how to what is technically called creeping. Um, and from there, they pull themselves up on a piece of furniture. They begin to cruise around until eventually they're able to freestand and then walk, run, hop, skip, and jump. Well, what I think is so fascinating, I remember being in your office, and, you know, the first thing you did was you, one of the first things you did is you had, you know, Jackson crawl, and I got down on the ground, and I never knew, like, that there was, you know, ways to, that your mind or your brain or your motor skills were supposed to connect to actually crawl properly. And I guarantee you the listeners out there probably don't know that either. So um, I'm trying to sit there and think, okay, and we said this at commercial break, you know, when our kids are babies, how amazing would it be as we're watching the the stages that you just, you know, were were talking about, when we're watching that, to know what we're looking for and to perhaps then help our children be able to, you know, get those connectors to connect properly. And as I said in the, the break, I really think that they should have this in like a neo, you know, neo, neonatal class or, you know, the classes you take, you know, prior to giving birth because this is amazing. This is 
something that I guarantee you, like I said, people don't know about. So imagine if you have a baby or even a child that's 8 or 9 or 12 or 16. What are we looking for in a proper crawl? Uh, there's a couple of things. Um, what we're looking for in a proper crawl, and I, I say this a bit hesitantly only because there's a right way to teach it and there's a wrong way to teach it. And so while I would love your listeners to go out there and be able to identify an incorrect crawling pattern in their child, I don't want them to think that they can use this to um, verbally instruct their child in proper crawling. And I will explain why in a minute. But what a crawl... So let's first define crawling. Crawling is the combat crawl that one does on their stomach. So crawling is laying on the floor on your stomach and coordinating your arms and legs so that you're um, pulling yourself or pushing yourself across the floor. A proper crawl involves the chest more or less being flat on the floor. Um, The left, let's say the left knee is flexed to 90 degrees the heel is slightly up off the floor so that the child can get a pronounced toe dig with the big toe. The left hand, or excuse me, the right hand, the left leg was flexed, so the right hand is going to be extended um, above the head and reaching out towards, um, reaching out away from the body. And the hand's going to be flat. Now, the child's going to advance forward by simultaneously pushing off with the left toe, the left big toe, and pulling with the right open hand. And as the hand approaches midline, it's going to to get trapped momentarily under the chest. It's going to flip or rotate, and then we'll see this process reinitiate. During this process, there are a tremendous amount of things that are unfolding for the child. One is, and sometimes it's easier to see from an anatomical perspective before we jump right into what's happening from a neurological perspective. From an anatomical sort of physiology perspective, what's happening is as that child plants his big toe on whichever foot he's using at the moment and pushes off of it, He's not only stretching his heel cord from where it attaches behind the knee and then again underneath the heel, but he is also arching the bottom of his feet. So my guess is that the majority of your listeners, if they were to take the socks and shoes off their kids, at least their kids who have some sort of autism spectrum diagnosis, are going to find that their, their children's feet are primarily flat. They don't have a good, high, well-structured arch. Um, Their heel cords are going to be tight. That can lead to some toe walking. Um, And when they take a step forward, if if they're walkers and and they're able to, you know, gait, when they do, they may not lift their toe as much as they should when they walk because that will not have been learned. Um... Most of the kids with autism do not use their feet in a proper way, so they never get that toe dig. Their feet often might be up in the air or in some other um, malposition 
that prevents them from learning some of the things that are going to allow them to walk with a typical stride. Um, so what we're seeing is crawling on the stomach just from a physiological perspective and just from the position of the legs has a huge impact on not only the, the physiology or the anatomy of the foot and the leg itself, but also that child's much later skill of being able to walk. But it extends beyond that. It includes the, the, when the reciprocal motion, when, the, when there's an alternation between pushing off with the right leg and then pushing off with the left leg and then back to the right and back to the left, that alternating reciprocal pattern is what wears hip sockets. So a lot of these kids will have some degree of hip um, issues that are associated with them. You're also structuring the spine. So you're putting, during this activity, you're putting the primary curve into the spine. A lot of kids on the autism spectrum don't have a healthy curvature in their spine because they missed this mobility. So what I'm getting at here is that there is a very specific correlating set of structures that evolve as a result of the child going through this pattern of movement, this functional movement. It's kind of like when you think of um, a ladder, and if you miss a rung of that ladder, um, basically you're missing that step. You're missing a skill, perhaps. And so if they're not crawling in the manner that really they're intended to crawl for whatever reason, and later they're having some type of issues with learning disabilities or on the spectrum or what have you, there's some type of rung that they're missing, correct? That it, that's exactly correct. And we've, we've only looked at it so far from the perspective of their legs and their spine. We now have to go onward from there, and we have to see how this mobility, how this crawling activity on the stomach, it doesn't just affect the spine. It affects the vision. It, is, it affects the child's sense of tactility. So if you have a child with sensory processing disorder, um, you know, they've, they've got what I've called the hot feet. You know, <laughs> they just can't get comfortable in their shoes or the, mm-hmm. the um, seam on the sock has to line up just perfectly or it'll bother them all day or you're cutting tags out of clothing or there's items of clothing that they won't wear or they've just got sensory defensiveness or they've got a really high pain threshold or a very low pain threshold. All of this originates from the activity of crawling. So there's one way to do it correctly. And basically, that can be surmised as what's called a cross-lateral pattern. So you're using opposing sides of your body. You're pulling with the right and pushing with the left leg. Um, And it's in a two-beat pattern. So when the left hand and the right leg touch down on the floor, they're touching down at the same time. which, you know, when you do it with the opposing arm and leg, it makes for a two-beat pattern. So what we're looking for is a healthy two-beat cross-lateral pattern. Well, and Uh, as you're talking and describing it, I'm thinking of our time with you, you know, because you have, you know, these mats that you have on the ground, and, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, and I can visualize it, and I'm probably thinking the listeners are thinking, wow, I just thought crawling was crawling. Right. And, and there's so many, there's so many complex, complexities to that. I mean, it's you know a lot of people think that you know 
oh, the baby should just know how to do it. But if there's something else going on, as you were saying, whether it be dietary issues, whether it be something else going on in the body, we don't know why that child's not able to do that. But with your help and with the skills and the tools and techniques that you can give, I mean, you've seen huge results in the children that you work with. Tremendous results. Yeah, huge results. So, you know, there's one way to do it right. There is no limit to the wrong ways that a child can go through this, through this mobility. And there's no limit to kind of the factors that can cause that. Um, although they can generally be, con- you know, there's physical reasons. It may have been a traumatic birth for the child. And, you know, he may have had his neck over-manipulated by the obstetrician. Um, he could have had the cord wrapped around his neck. He could have been in a malposition um, before birth. There's, you know, he could have a fall from the changing table. Um, there's a million different structural things that can happen that prevent the child from going through the function as he was naturally meant to. Now, how is, many years did, just for the listeners, because we had talked a little bit about your background and your story, but how many years did you, you know, work on yourself with this um, since that you were you diagnosed with everything that you were labeled with at that time? Well, so I had profound, I had a profound disability um, that first and foremost, I think, can be called epilepsy. So I had a lot of seizures. I probably had, oh, I probably had a few, a few dozen um, petite mal seizures wow. a week and probably a few grand mal's. Um, I had grand mal's reliably every week or more than every week. Um, and then the petite mal's were just, you know, it was, I had what some of the physicians that we saw at Boston Children's Hospital said was the worst case of epilepsy that they'd seen in their careers. Wow. At that time. Um, so, for which I was put on a number of different medications. Medications that, as an eight year old boy, from the, I was on the medications from the time I was about four years old until I was almost nine. Wow. And from the time that I was four until I was, you know, eight or eight and a half or so, um, those medications were the sole thing that my parents were using in order to help me overcome my disabilities. But as a four, five, six, seven, and eight-year-old boy, I was taking levels of medication that would have been considered toxic for an adult. My goodness. And my eyes were practically swollen shut. My gums were so inflamed that my teeth couldn't come through. And while in this state of complete over-medication and toxicity, I was considered mentally retarded and uneducable. I was sat at the back of a classroom in an individual study carol from which I could not see my class, the teacher, or anything else that was going on in the classroom around me. Oh, my goodness, and now look at you today. I mean, just absolutely astounding. Um, When we get back, we'll pick right back up where we left off, and we'll be back in a moment, guys. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Are you living your vital life? One that is showcasing you at your full potential? There are many issues that stand in the way of most people achieving their full potential. We will discuss these issues and how to overcome them each week on The Vital Life, Awakening Your Full Potential, with host Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross. Living the vital life often requires that we trust our own intuitive voice and that we view illness or life challenges as calls to action to reconnect with the deeper urges of our spirit or soul. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and I am hosting this week's show. I am just been so jazzed to be talking to Sergeant Goodchild. And before we get back to him, I wanted to remind all of you guys that Autism One Conference is happening. I cannot believe it, but it's finally here. It's going to be taking place um, May 25th through the 30th, or I think the 29th, actually. And um, it's going to be in the Chicago area. So if you don't know about it, first of all, I don't know where you've been if you haven't heard about it, but go to autismone.org. I know Sergeant Goodchild's going to be speaking. And again, remind everybody when you're going to be speaking. 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, so wake up. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and get ready to have a fun time. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, and you're not going to make us crawl, or maybe you will. Maybe that will get us up and, you know, maybe you can put the breakfast on one side. We no, also... but who knows? You know what? I think I've, 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 I'd like to get some audience particip- participation going somehow this year. Oh, that'll be great. Well, I can't, I for one cannot wait for it. And, um, you know, as we were talking our break, our, before break, we were talking about crawling. We were talking about what to look for. We're talking about your own remarkable story. And now I was thinking, 
you know, the listeners are listening right now, and they might be thinking, okay, you know, um, how long does an average one of your programs take? Like, let's say they get evaluated and they figure this out. You know, how long does one do this for? You know, it depends. In my case, my disabilities and my challenges were very severe. So um, I was, my parents slowly weaned me off of all of the anticonvulsant and other medication that I was taking over the course of nine months. While I did an intensive program every day at home with my mother, while my brother and sister were off at school, so I did a program that was probably God. It on some days it probably extended between four and six hours, and I did that for nine months. But at the end of that time, I was completely seizure and medication free, and I have never had a seizure since nor have I ever taken any medication for seizures since. Wow. Um, so it was a complete and total cure for me. But my entire recovery process, because I had to become educable again, um, I had a lot of catching up to do. So I was involved in the program for about four to four and a half years. Um, and most of the time I was doing it for probably about an hour a day. And that's what you generally find in the programs that I give out today, is I try to keep my programs to about an hour a day. Now, depending on the compliance of the child and several other factors, you know, sometimes a program that I expect to be an hour can take longer. But at other times, a program that I expect to take an hour can be shot through in 40 to 45 minutes. Um, So some of it is dependent on the child. But most of my programs are are orientated to um, parents who, you know, tell me that they have 45 minutes to an hour a day to get something really constructive done with their child. What I'm going to do is put together a very well-formatted program that will give them the best bang for their buck for that hour of time that they're putting in every day. What I love, too, is that it's a home-based program. So... Because the parents sometimes can get more out of their child than some therapists can. Not to they say can. that therapists and aren't great, but I'm just saying sometimes I know when my son works with a therapist, I'm like, no, but I swear he did this at home. You know? So mm-hmm. it's so great that this is a home-based program. Well, I think it has to be. You know, I think there is, there is absolutely a, a need for physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy and, you know, the chiropractic appointment or the, you know, whatever appointment it might be that you're shuttling your child off to. But ultimately, I think there are there is a tremendous body of parents out there who are sitting around or they're driving their child to yet another appointment. And the question that is, you know, bobbing around in the back of their head is, there must be something that I can do to help my child mm-hmm. other than be his taxi cab driver. Absolutely. And this is the program for that parent. This is the program for a parent who has been looking for something that they can do in the privacy of their own home where they can be taught to be the central therapist and everyone else becomes a satellite therapy. Well, and also in the cars, you brought up a good point. I started thinking um, because we used to, we went that route in the very beginning, and now we do, as you know, um, we do a lot of home-based things, right? Because I was noticing for our situation, we were just in the car for, 
I think it ended up one time I counted it was like two and a half hours just from going from here to there and, you know, everywhere. Yeah, and you, you probably ended up with less actual therapy time than you did driving time, time. spent in a car. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I remember sitting there thinking, you know, when we're in a car for, you know, think, I think I added it was almost 14 hours or somewhere close to 14 hours a week. And, um, and I thought, gosh, you know, what could we do in those 14 hours? Now, not to say that some parents aren't going to still do that. But this is something they can add in addition. But I also know that some of your ex- exercises could, some of them could be tailored for even in a car ride, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, some of them can be. And so, you know, not only can you do them at home, guys, but also there could be a couple that you could choose and tailor-made. So that time in the car isn't just, you know, I hate to use the word wasted, but... Right. It really could be used in such a more optimal, optimal way. And I also love your program too because, you know, you could teach, you know, grandparents and you could teach, you know, brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. I mean, a lot of the strategies that you're doing, it's not something that you can't learn and not and you can't teach others. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I can learn one more thing or maybe this is going to be too hard. Honestly, Sarge really takes it every step of the way, and there's illustrations, and, you know, I know with that you offer the Skype, and so, you know, not to be afraid. And I love that you offer the 30 minutes for free so people can be evaluated because I know it's not for everyone, right? Right. No, it's not. No, the, you know, it, it, takes a, it takes a person who's willing to make some, some changes in their lifestyle. You know, we, we've got to find an hour a day that you're going to be able to put in to, to keeping your mo- child motivated to do some crawling and to do some creeping. Um, now how long and, before someone actually sees results or, you know, that we know it's actually working, I guess? Well, I don't know. It, that is a great question, and it depends, obviously, from person to person. Um, so what I always tell people is that you'll see qualitative results earlier than this, but we have to put in 90 contact hours. So once you achieve the, you know, you've been at home, you're doing an hour a day, once you've done it for 90 days, there are going to be quantifiable changes that I can mark in what's called an ontogenetic chart. So the the ontogeny of human neurological functions is a, it basically lays out how the 20% of our developmental milestones lead to 80% of our neurological skills. And it's available on my website. Um, There's a drag down on my tap navigation bar, and you pull it down, it says what's ontogeny, and it brings you to the ontogeny of human neurological functions. That is the measuring tool that I use to create a program. It guides me as far as where the disorganization is in the brain, and it allows me to construct a program that is going to use the specific functions needed to challenge and grow and um, integrate that level of the brain. So after 90 contact hours, the child is going to have made, I would expect, significant gains on that measure. Qualitative gains can come much quicker. Um, I have a a boy who's been doing the program. He's um, just over the border in New Hampshire. Um, So he's about an hour from me. And he comes down every couple of months for his reevaluations and to get his program updated. And his mother just wrote me a phenomenal testimonial. 
he was a kid that um, the qualitative changes that they saw pretty quickly within, you know, two months for this particular individual was he went from his math homework taking two hours a night to his math homework being finished within a half an hour. Oh, my goodness. He went from being, you know, kind of, I, it may have been self-ostracization, where, you know, he was just kind of removing himself from his classmates. But now he's the go-to kid in the classroom. He's the kid in the classroom that everyone looks up to and everyone wants to be friends with. Him. And that's what we want for all of our kids. Um, that's right. so exciting. And when we come back, we'll, um, we'll answer a few more questions that I'm sure are on the listener's mind. We'll be back in a moment. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and I am hosting this week's show. Uh, next week, I'm excited. I have Dr. Michael Payne from Living Well Today International. He'll be with us. 
But we've been talking to Sergeant Goodchild um, for this last almost hour, and I'm just so excited because, you know, Autism One's coming up, and I know I'll be there. I know Sergeant will be there. Um, make sure if you guys want to come see us. I know I will be in the Generation uh, Rescue Room, and I know I'm talking a couple of times throughout the week. And I know uh, Sergeant is talking on Sunday, bright and early, at 8 o'clock. Um, be prepared. Bring your breakfast. Sit there. And I'm, I know... Um, you know, he is a phenomenal speaker. I can't wait to hear you, Sarge. Uh, thank you, Kristen. And we've just been talking this last hour. I don't know where it goes, but it just always goes so fast with you. And, you know, I know we've gone over so much, and there's still so much to go over. So hopefully you'll come back another – well, actually, you will. You'll be back on the 31st to recap Autism One. But hopefully you'll come back again um, because I think we could talk for hours and hours about what you do. But, you know, one of the things I'm sure some of the listeners are thinking about are, you know, why haven't we heard about this therapy before? Well, you know, I think there's um, – oftentimes when we think about economics, we think about how uh, when there's a demand, manufacturers create a, a supply for whatever, whatever there's a demand for. We create a supply around it. And, but we don't generally think of the equation in its reversed form. So oftentimes what happens is just having a sheer supply of something that saturates a population creates a demand for that product. And I think that's where we sit today in terms of healthcare. So obviously we live in a very Western medical model in the United States, and we are saturated by hospitals and we're saturated with commercials on television for pharmaceutical products to solve all of our ills. And if we have a headache, we generally, you know, turn to the medicine cabinet and pull out a Tylenol or an Advil or whatever it might be. And just the sheer supply of this kind of Western medical route um, has created demand for itself. The supply of neurological reorganization practitioners is very small. And because of that, I believe there's not an awareness of it, and so there's not a demand for it. I think um, I hear routinely throughout my year that there are people who are interested in becoming practitioners of neurological reorganization. And I have founded with two friends, um, Betty Lamont and Nina Jonio, an organization that is going to try to create a, um, both a system of best practices as well as a um, training protocol for people who would like to become practitioners someday. Um, I'm very much hoping that um, as we increase the supply of practitioners that the demand for the services goes up. Well, I can't imagine it not. I mean, especially with you know, some of the results and, you know, some of the the amazing stories. I mean, it, to me, it seems like such a, such a no-brainer. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm glad to hear that because <laughs> I certainly think it is. Well, I'll keep talking away. I don't, I'm hoping people are listening out there, and you guys definitely, um, you know, all they want to, have we given your website for them to be able to find you on your website? My website is simple. It's www.activehealing.org. Dot O-R-G. Perfect. And then I was thinking also, how can somebody, like, let's say they, they want to donate, um, you know, to this program, how, how can they do that? Because I know that Active Healing is a 
I'm sorry, 501c3 charitable organization. So if somebody wanted to donate, how could they do that? Uh, you can donate actually right through my website. So if you go to activehealing.org, um, the page that you land on has a donation button right there. And you can just click on the donation button and make your donation right through our website. Um, of course, you know, you could also, um, all, all donations are completely tax deductible. Um, and people, if they wanted to, could just send a check to activehealing.org and, you know, mark it as a donation. And I will very quickly turn around and send you out a receipt with our tax ID number and all the other information necessary so that you can take it as a tax donation. That is so awesome. So they're doing something good, and then you can help other, you know, other people with that. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've, I've tried to keep the expense of my program down as much as I possibly can so that I'm making it as affordable as I can for all the people who want to take advantage of it. But, you know, just the first two days, as you already know, Kristen, the first two days at Active Healing is a six- to eight-hour process. Well, and I think so, it's important for the listeners to know this. Um, the first time I talked to you was, you know, um, gosh, I'm getting confused. I, how long ago was that? Was that was last uh-huh. year? It was back in October, I think. Yeah, and um, it was funny because at that time, Carrie and I were co-hosting a show. Now we, we alternate, and um, but we were on the show together, and uh, Terry had invited you to come on the show. And, you know, I know I knew very little, but I, you know, read up, and I was excited to, to hear about, but I hadn't heard about you before. I remember hanging up the phone, and um, I think I Facebooked you or in- emailed you or something, and I think we were on the phone two or three minutes later after their show ended, I was so blown away by everything I was hearing. So I could really, I could not only say as, you know, a host, but also as a listener for the first time hearing about your amazing work. And I know we flew out there, I, was it six weeks later or four weeks later? or It was probably about six weeks later, I think. Yeah, and we, I, I was so impressed and blown away. Um, you know, I had, I was just knowing I wanted to learn more. So for the listeners out there, I mean, not only am I somebody talking with Sarge today, but I know I was in your guys' shoes in a sense by hearing him for the first time last year. And honestly, guys, take advantage of uh, what he has to offer. And, I mean, I, I, I want to say you're probably one of the most affordable uh, therapies, in my opinion, out there. After you do the, you know, you have the first initial, you know, two days or however, and probably each one's different. But then after that, you have ongoing help um, you know, if we need it, which I think people should know about. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, I like to meet either via Skype or in person with my clients about every two months. And I have lots of phone conversations and email support that takes place uh, in the interim between those appointments. So um, I'm never more than a phone call or an email away, and I, I try to be very good about getting back to people within 48 hours of their, of their phone call. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful that you're on the show today. And, you know, again, listeners out there, and only, aren't you, um, you're in, you're in Kim's book as well, correct? I'm in Kim Stagliano's book, uh, All I Can Handle. I'm no mother, per- Teresa. That about... is a good. You guys haven't read that book. You guys have to go get that book. But um, I know it's one of the best sellers right now. Um, but I know you're in that book. And um, where can they find you in that book? Do you know? Uh, you know what? I'm not quite sure. The um... I think she references me fairly early on because I was the she Kim always credits me as being the person who got her started down this path. 
oh. which has eventually led her to, you know, her role at... Uh, um, Age of Autism. Age of Autism, thanks. Oh, right. well, you know what, Sarge? We could talk forever, and I can't wait to see you next week. It's coming up before we know it. And for all the listeners out there, um, make sure, uh, if you are at Autism One, to come visit us and uh, see Sarge speak on Sunday. I will be there as well. And we'll be back. Um, I'll be back next week, and Sarge and I will be back on the 31st. Thank, thank you, you guys all, much, and thank you so much, Sarge. I'll talk to you guys all soon. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. Enza would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez.